Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. Maybe you're listening to this now because you missed the live version Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by these sponsors, which I am extremely grateful for. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices. Their website, thebbqguru.com. Big Papa Smokers, creators of some of the best rubs out there and retailer of many different grills and barbecue products. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. Butcher's Barbecue, creators of injections, rubs, and seasonings. Their website, butchersbbq.com. Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. And their website is greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookshack, some of the best industrial electric smokers out there today. Also pellet cookers as well. Their website is cookshack.com. Cookinpellets.com. If you want to fire those pellet cookers that I just talked about, visit cookinpellets.com pellets.com to buy your pellets right now also buy the chops power injector forget about using one needle to inject your meats the chops power injector system has four needles for your injecting pleasure you can visit them at barbecuekansascity.com that's b-a-r-b-e-q-u-e kansascity.com and by the sam's club national barbecue tour you can visit kcbs.us slash sam's tour for results to register your team or to see where the next event will be taking place. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and efficient cookers out there in the market right now. Visit their website at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Unknown Barbecue Accessories. You can visit them at unknownbbq.com slash shop. Hi, this is Scott Greenia from Fairfax, Vermont, also known as Scotty BQ, and you're listening to The Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. It's a phone call. 216-220-0966. You can also email the show if you would care to. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up. Well, maybe for the balance of this segment and all of next segment, we'll see how it goes for now. A New York Times best-selling author, twice a Cleveland food scene writer extraordinaire, Doug Tratner, joining us for the first hour, believe it or not. Very excited to have him in. And then at 9.35, Doug will also be in for this one. The new standard fourth Tuesday of the month guest and an AmazingRibs.com employee, 
and the keeper of the flame, Max Good, will be joining us. And then we move to the second hour. You would recall two weeks ago, after a summer of the breath of hell, 90 days plus degrees, day after day, week after week, rain nowhere to be found, two weeks ago... This very night at 1014, the skies opened up, a tree fell over next door, and everything was ruined from that. When you have no internet and you're an internet show, without it, you're pretty much screwed. So the whole second hour ended up getting wiped out. But we have reloaded one of the co-owners of the Proper Pig Smokehouse in Lakewood, Ohio. Shane Vitovic will be joining us once again, weather permitting. And rounding out the show, coming out of the Barbecue Central Show's bullpen, he is currently fifth overall KCBS Team of the Year. He is your current KCBS Ribs Champion and the creator of the Gateway Drum Smoker, pitmaster of Shake and Bake Barbecue, Tim Shear will be joining us. Oh, my. I don't know if you can call it a Cleveland-laden show. I mean, I'm Cleveland, Doug's Cleveland, Shane Vitovic is Cleveland, his co-owner Ted Deposky is Cleveland as well, so we're, we're heavy on the Cleveland tonight. Forgive me for indulging a little bit, but I mean, come on, I rarely, we can rarely talk Cleveland barbecue anything, and tonight we're going to be doing it almost all of the show, so stay tuned for that, 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Do me a favor. The show's on live right now. Blast off a Facebook post. Get on your Twitter. Get on the Instagrams. All that good stuff. Let them know the show's on. A couple different websites to send you. My website, of course, thebbqcentralshow.com. You can also watch the video stream, outdoorcookingchannel.com. If you have an internet protocol television device like a Roku or something along these lines, go to the App Store and search Outdoor Cooking Channel. If they have it, download it. You can watch this show right in blazing high definition from your 750-inch Samsung television that you have on your wall. Get it. Now, you would recall last week, actually two weeks ago, I got these incredible pair of shoes in from a company called Soul Kicks. It was actually two pairs. And it had a Barbecue Central show on one foot and a grill on the left foot. And then the other pair had the logo where if you put them together, you can read everything. Obviously, if you take your feet apart, they separate. And I sent two pairs, one to a guy in Columbus, one to a guy in Michigan. I would never send anything to Michigan on purpose, but we sent them off. And here's the deal. You should have gotten them yesterday. UPS said so. Please remember what we agreed on. You wear those shoes in public. You take pictures. You send them to me so I know you did what you said you were going to do. I know, very parent-like of me, but this was the agreement that we had. Otherwise, I was just going to keep them, and nobody has these shoes yet. I mean, they might be a bestseller coming up if I decide to release them into the shoe world. Shoes are very hot these days. Just ask the kiddos. Now, so, uh, by the way, if you have these shoes, please, please do what you're told. All right, let me apologize for the late newsletter leading up to the show tonight and also and perhaps more importantly the poorly written and highly misspelled newsletter i was told this version of the email program that i use was going to catch all of the spelling errors that i make because i just love 
once I get in like a, a stream of consciousness, man, I'm just blasting off. I'm two finger typing like nobody's business. I expect a computer to catch my errors. I mean, that's what it is nowadays, right? No responsibility for anything anymore. Just ask the kids. It's everybody else's fault. Same thing goes for spelling and grammar for me. The computer didn't catch it. So I just hit send. Boom, it's out. And all of a sudden, I'm getting emails back going, oh, are you already drunk already? Or what is going on at 3.30? And I'm like, oh, you know, what do you want me to tell you? I, I pay for something. I expect a certain amount of service, or at least what it tells me. But thanks to the resident spelling Nazi, John Dawson from Patio Daddio Barbecue, he was there to screenshot, highlight, and point out every single mistake that was made on the newsletter. Thanks, John. Busting balls at the drop of a hat, John Dawson, absolutely. This past weekend, I did a steak cook because finally, a weekend of no sports, as I was talking about. The weekend before that, we are going to do the whole big art flame cook deal, and then it was continue. It was like the seven days of rain that wouldn't stop, so we had to cancel that. But this past Saturday, I was able to do the stay cook that I was waiting for. This was a not necessarily a comparison, but just trying two different rubs that I had gotten in from a couple different food bloggers, one from the spelling Nazi himself, John Dawson. This was the Kentucky Gentleman's seasoning for meat. So, you know, the review here is this, by and large good. The problem is it's not for sale anywhere, right? I mean, you just can't go out to the store and get it. A a much wider range of flavor that kind of suits my palate. There was just a bit of, let's call it, muted sweetness from the the dried whiskey that he has. uh, John, how do you even do that, dry whiskey? I mean, you drank whiskey, you don't dry it. But nevertheless, it worked really well. And I'm not talking about sweet beef because nobody hates sweet beef more than me. And this wasn't like a candy sweetener. It was just like a real deep muted sweetness. And uh, the spice blend that, or the spice block that he used in the rub overall, very complimentary to the steak that I had. I got it from Rudy's up in Eastlake. A prime rib steak. It was absolutely delicious. Uh, inch and a half thick, as always. That's what I demand from my butchers when they carve my steak, at least an inch and a half. Then the other rub was from Jess Pryles, the hardcore carnivore rub. And here's the deal. Right out of the jar, you have to get over the fact that this color is probably something you have never seen in a rub before. To sit there and look at a steak that hasn't been cooked, that is completely black, can be a little unnerving to the eyeballs if you haven't seen it. It's a activated charcoal-based rub. It's a little bit non-traditional looking. I mean, I admit it. But if you can get over the visual, the flavor is actually really good. A little more of a saltiness to it, at least on my palate. So obviously it's going to work with the red meat situation. Uh, both cooked to medium rare, as Meathead has told us time and time again. Medium rare steak is where you get your more, your most juicy and delicious steak. Anybody that's ordering medium well or well, time for new friends, pal. Beat it. So you can get the hardcore carnivore rub, I believe at JustPriles.com. However, for Kentucky Gentlemen's, I mean, until John decides to bring it to market, John's in the chat room, by the way. So, John, please answer the assault of questions, which are going to be, are you going to bring it to market? Where can I get some? Where can I buy some? I want to be the next to try it, all that good stuff. You're welcome for that. Uh, so both you know, did very well. If I have to pick a winner... 
for me, Kentucky Gentlemen's wins, but Hardcore Carnivore isn't bad. I would put them both in my shelf. Uh, I would prefer the Kentucky Gentlemen's over Hardcore Carnivore. And as I said, if you're not used to seeing a black steak before it comes off the grill, you should never be used to seeing a black steak anyway, of course, even if it comes off the grill. But it can be potentially visually unnerving. All right, uh, Doug Tratner will be interviewed. He's sitting patiently across the uh, mirrors for me. He can't see me. That's always weird. Nevertheless, we'll talk to him about that here in a second. Let me talk to you quickly about the CHOPS Power Injector System, the NBBQA 2015 and 2016 Barbecue Tool of the Year. Each of their patent-pending CHOPS Power Injector Systems features not one, not two, but four needles evenly spaced at the distance, perfect for injecting. The number one seller is the half-gallon CHOPS power injector system designed for competition or to pump up the backyard warrior. Easy to use, right? Clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector, 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Then you have the one-gallon chops power injector system designed for catering and bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of the half-gallon injection system, which is why it's called the gallon injection system. Some use it in competitions like when you're cooking MBN whole hog and 10 shoulders just to get that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. This one, 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Then the newest one, the chops full power injector system. It's electric. It's the commercial and competition big daddy. It's not a holding tank, but a three and a half foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container from a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum. It was originally designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. And he said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14 gauge needles, three inch 12 gauge needles, two inch 11 and a half gauge needles, Three plug screws and a needle protector. This one, 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Here's the deal. A number of the top pit masters in the world are using Chops Power Injector Systems every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. And it's not just for meat. How about an alcohol-infused watermelon for all you alcoholics? That's right. You can do it. Inject everything. The injectors hand-assembled right there in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. If you want extra accessories, they got them. They got you covered completely. How about this? A way to make your Chops power injector system bulletproof metal needle adapters you can get them barbecuekansascity.com is the website b-a-r-b-e-q-u-e barbecuekansascity.com they're also opening a restaurant here very shortly you can watch dan uledahl's progress on facebook as well but visit the website and get the chops power injector system because it gives your barbecue some power that's right all right, uh, we are back with one Doug Tratner in studio. Rarely do we get a guest here on the Really Big Barbecue Show, but we are graced tonight. And we'll be back to chat with Doug here right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash. 
and eternal bragging rights if you win the whole damn thing. This weekend, the Sam's Club Tour rolling into North Charleston, South Carolina for the third regional final to be taking place. To keep up with the Sam's Tour results and to see where the next event will be, you can visit the website kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. All right, sitting in studio for the first hour, a New York Times best-selling author. Also writing for Cleveland Scene, uh, I think Eater as well. Not only one of the most accomplished food writers here in Cleveland, but would challenge anyone domestically, perhaps internationally as well. And he's right here in my studio. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Doug Tratner. Doug, how are you, buddy? Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Man, I cannot believe you are actually in my studio. Here we are together. So it's got to be kind of weird for you. Uh, We meet up on Facebook a little bit, and uh, we agree that we're going to go ahead and kind of do this and and maybe a story about me, maybe not a story about me. It's not, uh, you know, part and parcel. But So I'm always interested to get people's view of what I call the Barbecue Central Show Compound. (laughs) <laughs> somebody who, you know, maybe you've heard the show before, maybe you haven't, sure. I never assume anybody's ever heard the show. What are you thinking about going, coming here, and does expectation above or below what you thought you might see here? No, I was fine until you locked that door behind me, and I was like... Especially I, here in Cleveland, right? Am I ever getting out of here? Yeah, basements in Cleveland, not very good, no doubt about it. No, you know, you, you, can, you can be honest with your, your listeners. I was stalking you, and, uh, you know, when I when I first heard about this show and started listening to the show, and I'm like, why have I not been here? Why haven't I written about this guy? Um, and when you kind of invited me out here, I was, I was thrilled. And, you know, talk about meta. So I'm writing about you, uh, but I'm on this show, and we're doing this live, and, yeah, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around. Doug, a little background about, I guess, you uh, personally, uh, relationship with food. I mean, I think a lot of us foodies are foodies because we had parents that, fostered that brought us into the kitchen i think there was probably a generation where that was actually lost on uh so you know a little background about you and how that kind of grows into the food writing thing. sure no it, it's a typical story my mother was an awful cook we ate out a lot <laughs> no we joke like she kept the sewing machine in the oven because she used neither of them um we ate out all the time and i had from you know we were we were fortunate to to be able to eat out i mean we, we weren't eating out at fancy restaurants i have four brothers there was five of us um we were not rich by any means but we ate out and you know when you're a kid eating out it doesn't matter if you're at mcdonald's or burger king or you know hopefully olive garden you know, it's a special occasion and some of the best times of my life were you know most of them many of them okay all of them were at restaurants uh you know just you know busting balls with your brothers at the restaurant and just being served and waited on and uh so from from early early on eating out was uh just some of my 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 favorite memories Uh, but as i got older you know i i got into cooking when i moved away and i went to college i got into cooking and you know food is and it and it saved my life. You know, I, I, I like to joke that I got into food writing the, the typical way, which is becoming a lawyer first. And I was a lawyer. I was a practicing lawyer for, for almost seven years. And I was, you know, lucky enough to switch careers late in life. I traded in a very lucrative career as a public defender um, to, to become a writer. And I wake up every day, you know, really being thankful that I'm doing something I love. And, 
And so, yeah, that's my uh, my story in a nutshell. Moved to Cleveland from Columbus. I was down there for a long time. I'm from Cleveland, but I went down to Ohio State and then law school. And then I had my little starter marriage. And then I had a, a starter career. And then I moved to Cleveland. And, uh, you know, I I just started doing really bit writing. You know, little little stuff for the plane dealer here. Little stuff for uh, Cleveland Free Times there. And, um, you know, slowly, 15 years, <laughs> cobbled together, you know, a little writing career. Do you think that all of the fun that you had back in the day at the restaurants and busting balls with brothers laid that groundwork for you to really see that, hey, I know I'm a lawyer and maybe I kind of like what I'm doing, but it's not where the passion is. And, and really, the food thing is where the passion is, and now I'm going to drive towards that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and I worked in restaurants from, you know, 13 years old all the way through law school. I mean, you name the job in a restaurant I had, you know, from busboy to bartender to cook to, you know, server. Uh, I did it, and I've done it for a very long time. And I approached this job from uh, the point where, you know, I... I get what these folks are going through. I get what what it's like to to work in a restaurant. I might not own what I know what it's like to own a restaurant, but I certainly understand what goes on in a restaurant. And I approach this job um, with a, a sense of responsibility. You know, when I'm reviewing a restaurant, I understand that the you know um, these folks have worked very very hard to get to this place. And uh, and you know people often you know maybe say what's the difference between what you do and what a blogger does. And you know I think I bring perspective. Uh, to this job and context and and you know kind of a, a deep understanding of of the you know the business. I'm not saying people aren't going to disagree with me, but um, you know that's what I I strive for every day when I when I visit a restaurant and I write about it. So I have a long-standing invite to someone you have written best-selling books with, and the Centralites would never forgive me or let me live it down if I didn't ask you about Michael Simon. Who? Uh, he's an Iron Chef. You've written books with him. Uh, how does that relationship start? Always fascinated with that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, you know, like I said, I've been writing uh, about food in Cleveland for 15 years. And, you know, one of those people that I certainly, you know, wrote about was Mike Simon. You know, I was eating at Lola when it was still in Tremont, and it was a small restaurant. And Michael Simon was actually, you know, behind the line cooking food. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't do that anymore. I'm just saying, you know, 15 years ago things were different, and I was writing about him as I was writing about everybody else in this, in, you know, in this city. And um, as his career grew, and as he opened new restaurants, I continued to write about them, just as I wrote about every other restaurant in Cleveland. And when the time came for him to write a cookbook, and his publisher asked him, you know, hey, um, you're probably going to need some help writing it. You know, we we call them ghostwriters. You know, look for a person who you think can kind of um, you know, you can work with and, and has a writing style that you think would, would jive with your own. And, uh, you know, fortunately, that was me. You know, I, I was the person he called. And uh, we sat down. We had coffee. Um, we chatted about the project. And I said, you know, heck, yeah. Um, I had done one book project before that, and that was a guidebook to Cleveland. The first and, and only real kind of, you know, guidebook to Cleveland. But it was a big project, and it really kind of you know, opened my eyes to what all is involved in this project in, in a project like it. And so I said, you know, hey, you know, sign me up. And um, so we we started the project and, you know, not soon after, and, and I'm talking Carnivore was our first book together. And it was a big, beefy chef book, you know, the kind with like three-page recipes and awful and intestines and, you know, like really, really stuff, you know, in, intense stuff. And um, while we were working on that project, uh, he got the, the big the big job at the Chew, um, which kind of, you know, gobbled up some of his time, uh, promoted me in a way, you know, uh, the I started doing a lot more work than I ever imagined doing. Um, uh, the relationships really just kind of 
worked well together. We work well together. And um, so, yeah, I mean, like, that was book number one. Book number two came soon after that, book number three. And we're about to start uh, book number four. For us viewers at home, when it comes to Michael Simon, you see an accomplished, knowledgeable, hardworking, personable guy on TV through the various networks he's airing on. Is he that guy in person, or is he a bit different when the red light is off? Oh, yeah. You know, I, it, it's funny. Like, I, I think anybody who knows Mike knows that, like, that's him maybe amped up a little bit, you know, for uh, just as you are when you, when, you know, when that right leg goes on, you're still yourself, but you're, you know, you're a little, uh, you're a production guy or you're, you know, your radio guy, your internet guy. Um, you know, when it comes to personality, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to, you know, ethic, work ethic and, and drive, you know, he's the same, he's the same damn person on air and off air. Um, you know, we, we spoke a little before I started about, um, just kind of the, the people he's always associated himself with. Um, aligned himself with, you know, he's got the same friends he's had all his life. And, um, you know, and that says a lot, you know, some people as they approach, uh, you know, they get, they get bigger and bigger in in the world of fame, you know, they tend to lose old friends and and that's not this guy, you know, he, uh, Hey, you know, I go into restaurants every day in my life. My, my job is to go into restaurants and I don't see turnover at his restaurants like I do at other restaurants. And, and that says a lot to me, you know, he has installed a, a system from the top down that, that, that treats people well, uh, pays them well, and, and they're happy to work for him. So that, you know, that to me, that says a lot. If he were just playing devil's advocate here, but if he was like an incredible dick, would you still write books for him because that's part of the job or would you be able to, delineate and say hey he's kind of a dick i don't want to i don't want to help this guy out or do you have to take the job because that's the job and that's what you do no i can actually tell you that i was offered to write a book for a dick and i said no um name him no i will not do that but you know so after carnivore came out and you know and and thank god it was a new york times bestseller and and now i'm officially a bestseller because you know mike simon had the you know it has the the big heart that he does and, and offered to put me on the cover when all you know all he needed to do was thank me in the acknowledgments um i'm not saying you know it was a bestseller because of him and his content and his person. But um, so after that happened, I was approached by quite a few people who said, "I, you know, I want a book, and, and you're the guy to to help me do it." And and what people don't understand, and honestly, what I didn't understand before I really started the process, it's a relationship. You know, I spent more time with Mike and and his crew than I did with his my wife sometimes. And uh, you know, it's like a wedding photographer. You know, it, this is a relationship where you're going to really have to work together a lot. And you know, when he's busy, you know, I'm I'm picking up the slack, vice versa. So when this other, you know, a well-known Cleveland restaurateur uh, approached me to do a book, and I, I sat down with him and. It, you know, and I told him, hey, you know, I'm interviewing you just like you're interviewing me. You know, this is a, you know, this is something I need to know. And the, you know, the look of, uh, washed over his eyes when he was like, what are you talking about? You're interviewing me. Like, you know, he was doing me the biggest favor of even, you know, thinking about me or considering me. And, um, and it got worse from there. I mean, there, it just, it got a lot. And I, and I said, you know what, <laughs> this isn't going to work. And, uh, and I said, thank you very much, but no. Wow. So long, long story. You know, long story short, long answer short. Uh, if he was a dick and I couldn't work with him, I wouldn't be working with him. Doug Tratner joining me here in studio on the Barbecue Central Show. His website, by the way, DouglasTratner.com. T R A T T N E R. If you want to check it out here while we're talking, Mike. Let's uh, change gears a little bit, uh, Mike. Doug, <laughs> let's change gears here just a little bit. Talk to me about for the people that don't know the food scene in general here in Cleveland. You know. 
Cleveland continues to have the same old jokes rehashed and rerun again, the river burns, and it's a mistake by the lake, and all this other stuff. And I think either you visit here and realize what a bunch of bullshit that is, or you live here and realize, hey, I've seen some of that stuff you've talked about. I've lived here since 86 or you know whatever. I've seen a lot of change. You know, I've seen a lot of renovation and renaissance downtown and the outlying areas and the suburbs, and it's not like that. How do you see currently the food scene in Cleveland? Well, I... I always say, I mean, I've been writing about food for 15 years, and you couldn't pick a better, at least I think, you couldn't pick a better 15 years, you know, to, to own this beat. You know, when 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 I started writing, you know, folks like Simon, you know, were, were getting going. You know, Simon and Small and Parker, and like, it was the birth of, we didn't know it at the time, you know, we knew something special was happening, but... Um, you know, and, and to see, you know, the, the next generation, the Sawyers and the Waylands and the Zach Brules and, the, you know, um, and just, and then ad infinitum, right? So it kept going and it kept going. And those folks, you know, they open new restaurants and they spawn, you know, they train chefs who go out and open new restaurants. And um, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things where you're just like, uh, you know, you pinch yourself and you're like, uh, you know, only in hindsight you realize that your job for the last, you know, 15 years has been timed so perfectly with, you know, the the the, the content that you're writing about, and and I'm I've never been, you know, I don't want to use the word star effort, you know, but like that's never been me. Like I've always appreciated these folks. I've I I understand, you know, I get the talent. Um, and I do like being around the scene, you know, but it's not the people. You know, same people kind of get wrapped up in the in the chefs and, and not me. You know, I the ones I like, I like. The ones I don't like, I don't like. They're people just like anything else. But um, if you don't come to Cleveland and, and dine out and have a, a wonderful experience, you're probably, you know, not doing it right. When the RNC was here, you know, and folks came to see Cleveland for, for the first time personally, um, you know, events like that and, and the Cavs, you know, the finals. And um, I think people are starting to understand that, you know, we're just not, we're not just another flyover zone. Uh, there, there's stuff happening here. There's incredible neighborhoods with incredible restaurants, incredible, you know, stores. And, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun time to be here in Cleveland because, you know, I grew up here and, and I'm not young. And I remember all those jokes and all, all you know, there really wasn't much to be proud of. And, um and, and, you know, and, and these days there's no shortage of things to be proud of. Let's talk about the barbecue scene here in Cleveland. we got a couple minutes here left in the segment. And I think two places in specific have moved this conversation to a whole different level and well-deserved height, by the way, uh, that being the proper pig in Lakewood, who we're gonna, actually going to have on the second hour, and Mabel's Barbecue downtown on East 4th. As someone who works here in Cleveland is now seeing the rise of barbecue popularity here, I mean, is that a fair assessment for me to make, putting the responsibility of barbecue bar raising on these two particular restaurants? Well, and not only do you have to, you should, you know, and, and thank God, you know, for these, for, you know, you, you know better than I do, you know, you're, you're being nice to me by even asking me the question, but, you know, aren't we lucky that the first, you know, few ones that did open up are doing it right, and and they're, they're, they're teaching people what real barbecue is all about, you know, if somebody came in and and slap something together and, you know, and said they were the, the second coming of barbecue and, and were awful, you know, they would do a disservice to, you know, uh, the, the entire, uh, you know, barbecue 
uh, community. You know, the fact that Michael Simon came in and is doing it right, the fact that, you know, the proper pay guys came in and doing it right, and now everyone is obsessed with barbecue and they're getting an idea of what good barbecue is. You know, we, I grew up eating, you know, I like to call them chicken and rib joints, you know, they're delicious food. You know, it's, it's good ribs, it's good chicken, um, but it ain't, it ain't often real barbecue. And, you know, unless you've been to, you know, Texas or these days Brooklyn or, you know, or down south and you've had it, uh, then you don't know, you know, that, that you were, you shouldn't be able to pull a, you know, pull a rib bone out like a loose tooth. And, um, no, <laughs> thank God for these guys because they are doing it right. And, and they knew, I think they knew they had a responsibility. At least, you know, I know Mike Simon knew he had a responsibility. Um, I think, you know, and that's one of the things that sets him apart from people who have, re, you know, at his level. He feels more of a responsibility than, than, than other people because, you know, he knows people are going to think he's phoning it in. They're, he, they know he's going to, you know, he knows they're going to think that he's going to c- try to cheat or cash in or sign, you know, whatever. And and that's why he works doubly hard to get it right. And and the fact that they're getting it right um, is laying the groundwork for others who are going to come in and, 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 and hopefully follow in their footsteps. Doug, let me ask you to put on your professional restaurant reviewer hat here just for a second. In your <clears throat> opinion... How do Mabel's and Proper Pig compare, and how do they contrast? Well, I love I love that these are the two first restaurants that opened because um, because they are so different in in ways that you know uh, you know I don't want to say don't matter, but like when it comes to the food, they're both doing it right, right? You know, we know that it. This is science. This is technique. You start with good meat. You you, you know you you do very little to it. You get out of the way. You know you let. You let science, heat, and smoke do the rest. But uh, in terms of the the, the a whole experience, you know, Mabel's. Hey, it's downtown. It's East Fourth Street. It's Michael Simon. It's got to be. You know, it's it's a little it's a little pricey, uh, a little pricier, a little fancier. Uh, it's a full service restaurant with a full bar, and you know, and that's and that's what the market d- demands down there. Um, Proper Pig is, you know, the kind of place you'd you'd hit down south or out west. It's very casual. You walk up, you place your order, communal seating. Um, you know, you don't have the full bar, but you can still have a, a cold beer. And you know, I love that because that's barbecue. Not only is the food different from region to region, but barbecue restaurants are different from place to place. And and that's the beauty of eating out. That's the beauty of travel. That's the beauty of you know barbecue. Um, there is no you know one perfect place. Who's your favorite barbecue celebrity? Well, you know, I, I was lucky enough to go down and do the uh, the barbecue you uh, uh, with Steve Raikland. You know, that was a it was a special uh, special experience um, getting to go down to the Green Briar and, and doing that whole whole class with him. And uh, he'll always have a special place in my heart. But you know, I I got the the chance to meet uh, Billy Durney uh, at hometown. You know, I was in New York, and um, you know, we don't we don't have a lot of wonderful barbecue restaurants and, and we did not have a lot of wonderful bus or barbecue restaurants in cleveland uh you know a, a year ago and and so i was going to new york and um you know they do have some good ones there and i asked mike hey where should i go and he said you know go out to see billy durney at, at hometown it'll change your life and uh and sure enough you know it did you know it was a it was a, an experience that really kind of opened my eyes to Maybe you call it modern barbecue. Maybe you call it, you know this is this is what people are doing these days. And um, I got to meet him, and he's a special guy. And uh, yeah, so I would say right now, uh, Billy Durney is my barbecue hero. <laughs> if you had to pick chickens or bees, mm-hmm. 
Which one would you choose? Well, you know that I have both. I keep chickens and I keep bees. Um, the, the, the chickens are so much easier uh, and they lay eggs. Uh, the bees are really complicated, but they give you honey. So, you know, I don't know. It's a toss-up. All right. Uh, Doug Tratner joining me here on the show. And uh, as uh, segments permit, we'll go ahead and uh, rekindle conversation. I, I have a terribly good feeling that Doug will be in studio now that he's in studio. Maybe more than once. Or he's going to be running away screaming. (laughs) Either one could happen. Uh, Max Good coming up out of the breaks. But first, let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of cooking experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard or on the competition circuit. Or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has a unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, a smoking and grilling 101 class, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website, cookshack.com, or follow them on these social media platforms, Instagrams, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and the Google Pluses. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast, Eddie Morin, the FEC 100 and PG 1000 are always customer favorites. And the PG 1000 can double as a smoker or grill, low and slow or hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in the oven, you can cook on a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being a top priority. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call them 800-423-0698 or visit the website cookshack.com. Always happy to have the good folks at Cook Shack supporting the show. So check them out if you're in the market. By the way, the electric smoker, a absolute beast of a jerky-making machine. If you love homemade jerky, oh my God. The Smokehead is the one you want to look at. Cookshack.com. All right, uh, we are back with Max Good from AmazingRibs.com. Doug Tratner sitting in as well. Stick around. We'll be right back. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rampy. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food because you got a big family or whatever, they got one for you. Medium size, they got you covered there. Something to take on tailgates or camping, they got you covered there too. Also. They can supply you with those wood pellets to fire those cookers. Check them out online, GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grill. You could love your Green Mountain Grill as well. Doug Tratner joining me here on the show. Doug, thanks for uh, hanging out this evening. And here he comes. You know him as the new fourth Tuesday. 
Man, if there's four Tuesdays in the month, you know this guy's bringing in the fourth Tuesday. The keeper of the flame at AmazingRibs.com, Max Good, joins me here on the show. Max, how are you, buddy? Max, I can't hear you. Uh-oh. Unmute yourself. Nothing? Got nothing. Hmm. And now, now we found our error. I'm going to call you right back. You can hear me, right, Doc? I can hear you good. Yeah. You're, you're stuck with me, man. <laughs> no internet between us. Just computer screen separating. It's weird. Technology. I remember hearing stuff on that. Let's see what happens. You get to see everything happen tonight. Hey, it's... The it's, good it's, and the bad. It's real life, man. <laughs> it's real life with computer thrown in. Max. No, not hear you. Something's Something's arrived. All right, hold on a second. Do I have anything on mute? No. Your line is up. I got a great way to test this. I know Doug's good. Let me find. If this plays, it's not on mine. You can hear that, right, Doug? Oh, yeah. Max, I have bad news. It's on your end. However, much like the perceived expert I am, I can offer no advice. <laughs> what is it? Do you have your mic muted, Max, on accident, or is it up, or is like is your uh, computer not a Dell or an Apple? You probably got an Apple too, right? Yeah. Well, it's not good. All right, I'm gonna leave you. Uh, I'm gonna leave your level up. If you pop in, then we're just gonna go ahead and take you. Otherwise, I'm gonna transfer back over here to Mr. Doug because Doug can hear me. No problems over here. Let me uh, get your screen back up here, Doug. So we were talking about Cleveland style barbecue. Yeah, and here's the here's the question. I was rapidly running out of time, so. Um, Michael, well, let me ask you this. Do you see quality, I'm doing air quotes that you can't see, here there, quality uh, barbecue here in Cleveland is something of a fad or flash in the pan, or do you think this is something that will really root down and take a hold? I think absolutely it's going to root down and take hold. I think, you know, there are so many folks like you who have been doing it for so long in their backyards. Think about the brewers. Think about the home brewers who have been doing it for so long and making a product that is as good or better than you were able to buy outside. And barbecue, I feel like, is the same way. You know, there are plenty of people who are doing a great job and are just dying, you know, uh, you know, chomping the bit, as they say, to open up a place. And folks like, you know, Proper Pig, and in in Mabel's, you know, and hopefully Woodstock. Um, I haven't eaten there, so this is not a personal testimonial, but I like what he's doing, and I like the the look of the shop in, in Lakewood. You know, these folks are going to give them confidence, and um, you know, for talk about like too many barbecue joints, you guys are just being plain old stupid. We have we have three, you know, four, maybe five, if you know, depending on how you classify them. Um, we are just getting started, and and I hope we're just getting started because this is good food. You know, this is tasty food. 
this is barbecue you know there there's no there there's no such thing as too much good barbecue so i'm hoping that folks you know will look at these restaurants and go okay you know they're making it people are standing in line to go eat a proper pig they are running out of food every single day you know at, at these places so uh hopefully this is just the the story and other people look at them and go you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna you know bite the bullet take the chance take the risk and 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 do something and and like you know like we said before you know it, it certainly doesn't have to be mabel's it barely has to be proper pig it could be you know a delicious little food truck it could be a garage it could be um you know it doesn't have to be in cleveland it could be you know on the east side it could be in collinwood it can be in cleveland heights please be in cleveland heights you know uh <laughs> so yeah i you know i hope this is just the beginning michael simon has said that mabel's is cleveland style barbecue and i did an interview with daniel vaughn from texas monthly a few months back when he was up here he tried out both locations i met him actually at proper pig but we did an on-site interview after the fact at proper pig and he said that there cannot be a cleveland style barbecue yet there has to there's been no history to pull from so it's much too young to have a style per se is that a position that you agree or disagree with? Oh, I, I get what he's saying. I mean, come on, this is a Daniel Vaughn. You know, he is the barbecue expert, and you know, he's coming from a place in Texas where, I mean, history. Geez, you know, it's like they were barbecuing before there was paper and pen. Um, no, Cleveland does not have the barbecue history that other regions do, and 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 you know that that's a shame. You know, and that sucks for us, right? <laughs> Growing up, um, but that doesn't mean that there can't be a Cleveland style barbecue. I mean, every place that barbecues right uses local product you know if you're in texas it's post oak if you're down south it's something else here in you know in northeast ohio we we use fruit woods we have cherry you know we have um you know apple we have plenty of orchards that 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 are you know you use what you have and um if it means maybe mixing up the the spice rub to kind of uh, approximate the pastrami that we've grown up with or the corned beef that we've grown up with it's using you know stadium mustard uh as opposed to yellow mustard or different you know it's cleveland style um first of all it'll evolve but second of all every style every regional cuisine starts with what you've got and making use with what is here and you know and handy and accessible and and that's what mike is doing um you know is you know it'll it'll shift it'll evolve but hopefully it's it's a start we had talked about this um I gotta remember to turn my mic on. We talked about this a little bit before, you know, jumping down here on the air, which is the cost of barbecue. When you go to a real barbecue place and they're using quality meat and quality rubs and all this other stuff, inevitably, if you're used to eating the chain crap, you're gonna see what I would call like sticker shock. You're gonna see thirty-eight bucks for a rib, or you're gonna see thirty bucks for a slab of ribs and not seventeen, so on and so forth. Is this something that you think? the general consuming public whether it be here in cleveland or somewhere else that is just isn't used to seeing or having the good barbecue eventually will adjust or is that a hurdle that is a business you're going to have to figure out how to overcome well first of all i don't think it's a hurdle yet because both you know both those folks who are putting out you know quality barbecue are are selling out so it hasn't been a hurdle yet but Yes, to answer your question, they're sticker shock. People, you know, I read Yelp reviews, I hear comments. You know, these people may or may not have even eaten there. They're just looking at a menu online. Um, we meat, Meat's expensive. Good meat's really expensive. And, of course, there's going to be sticker shock. And people don't understand that, um, you know, this this food is expensive food. It's, it's labor-intensive. It's equipment-intensive. Um, it's expensive to make. And, um, 
So I, I think, you know, like I said, it, it's nice that we have two very different barbecue restaurants that people are talking about right now. Proper Pig is a very different operation than Mabel's and vice versa. So, you know, people can get two very different, um, you know, examples of, of what's, what's available and, of course, everything in between and even outside those those parameters. So, yeah, I, I think people are going to have to get used to the fact that barbecue isn't cheap and it shouldn't be cheap. You know, I don't want to eat cheap meat. You know, if it's cheap, uh, I'm guessing it's probably not good. <laughs> Doug, let me ask you, you had mentioned Yelp or the online stuff. As somebody who has seen probably when it wasn't nearly as pervasive when you first started to where you're at today, I mean, everybody's a freaking food critic and a reviewer and an expert and all this other crap. How good is it to have instant access to everything, and how bad is it to have instant access to everything? Well, you know, I think um, I hope that people are smart enough when they read these things to to, to understand that you know, um, I don't know, you know, take it all in, take it all in, and and, and make your your own opinion. You know, personally, I I hope that people wouldn't really pass judgment without actually personally experiencing anything. Um, I know I wouldn't do that, but I also know that, you know, we rely on online reviews to kind of make our initial decision on, on where to go, and, and that's absolutely fine. Um, and and, and it's, it's pretty easy to read through a lot of these reviews, both the, the, the glowing reviews and the, the the slamming, you know, the troll-like reviews, and, and kind of take them all in. Um, but you can also, you know, if you know enough about uh, a cuisine, or a or style or a place you can read through the ones that don't know what they're talking about either you know and 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 you know it, it uh, everyone's a critic right um, but that doesn't mean everyone should take you know every review as um, the, you know the the truth of the spoken word so just take it all and you know take it with a grain of salt go to the place experience it yourself and uh, and be your own judge in regards to cookers, you're a backyard guy, you know, more or less like me. I mean, certainly you're eating in. I mean, how many restaurants are you eating in during a week? I guess when you hear somebody that's a food critic or is writing for food for a particular publication, you fancy them eating out seven and ten days a week and all this other crap. Like, what is it really like in your world? Um, so I've been doing, so I'll do one restaurant review every week for 15 years um you know and you you throw in some food features in there as well but i'm also doing you know blog posts and news feed you know news updates and all this stuff and so i'm easily eating out uh typically two or three lunches a week and two and three dinners a week is that something that uh, you like you have corporate card for or do you have to turn those in or do you are you like public uh, or uh, independent contractor and you do that against your tax type thing how does that work are we getting into my financial records? Yes. Though? How <laughs> much not, are you making a year, Doug? I'm not, I am not running for president. <laughs> uh, no, you know, it's it's an interesting system, and it's a system that, you know, like you, I've grown up with over 15 years, and, uh, uh, you know, I've made it work for me. Uh, um, no, I don't. Here's here's my rule. Here's my rule. I don't accept free food, never have. Um, I pay my own way, always do. Ask anybody. I'm not the guy that goes in there and demands a damn thing. Um, I eat out. Uh, if I can sneak in and sneak out, that's what I always try to do. Uh, the restaurant I just came at from uh, before I met you, um, you know, I did my best to sneak in and take a, a quick jog to the bar and hope I wouldn't get noticed. That's, you know, people don't, at least I don't like being fawned over. I hate it. I, if I could be left alone in a corner, that's my, that's my happy place. Uh, so, yeah. Is is there a lot of is there a lot more of guys not like you 
than guys like you, or do you find, by and large, your colleagues are, are more in the thought process that you are? You know, that's interesting because um, I feel like there are no, there are very few people like me um, doing what I do these days in Cleveland in a market that is ripe for food coverage, and it's because you know. Uh, you know, you could say that you know the paper's dying or journalism is dying or whatever. But the truth is, you know, they're dying because they're dinosaurs. They're doing it a very different way. Um, you know, one and we could talk about reviews, but we can also talk about kind of like the the newsy stuff. And you know, um, who who's writing about restaurant openings? Who's writing about restaurant closing? Who's writing about the latest thing? And um, there's only one way to find out that kind of stuff and that's by going out and being out and talking to these people day in and day out and that's what i do because it's it's what i love it's not a job you know some of these old timers you know they're in bed by six thirty. um you know it's really it's how i got my job you know when i started doing this i was doing bar reviews uh because bars don't get going until 10 or 11 at night and you know a union plain dealer person isn't going to go at 10 or 11 at night and work they're going to try to get someone on the phone at noon and and you know end up writing a, a crappy story. So um, that's how I grew up. You know that's how. I, and and I say grew up. That's you know I I came to this. This is a second career. So it's still it's still fun and fresh and and, and new to me. So I uh, I attack it with the same vigor I did 15 years ago. Doug Tratner joining me here in studio on the Barbecue Central Show and enjoying the conversation. Uh, Doug, hang with me here as I do a final read for the hour, and then uh, we'll get you headed back home. Uh, Let me talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show. Located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why are you going to buy from any other company? I don't know. If you're not familiar with how these little beauties work, I don't get into the minutiae here, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature control and... One set keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cooks. Do sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today because, hey, maybe you're a busy working professional like me or Doug or whoever, and quite frankly, you just don't have that time to set around and tend your barbecue pit temperatures. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs, or if your cooker's big enough, all of that. And then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. There's currently a number of different models to choose from. The ones that I like the best. If you're, you know, Mr. Connectivity, Mr. Wi-Fi, Mr. Gotta Have All the Technology, CyberQ Wi-Fi is the one you want to be at. You can control up to two separate cookers. You can get all the internal temperatures of your meat. You can just roll out of bed. You don't even have to get out of bed. Just pick up your phone, connect to the device, see where your temperatures are at. If you're cooking too fast, you can make adjustments right from your phone or your tablet. You can ramp the temperature down. If you're going too slow, ramp that temperature up. It takes care of everything. Once you hit target temp, it turns that whole cooker into a holding chamber so you're not going to overcook the meat. It's absolutely fabulous. On the other end of the spectrum, Party Q, right? $149. It fits on the kettle-style cookers, the bullet-style cookers, the ceramic-style cookers. And it's a self-contained unit. Runs on AA batteries, affectionately known as the hooker of automatic pit temperature control devices because it goes from cooker to cooker to cooker. Very easy. It's the uh, cruise control, if you will. Set the temperature. Boom, you're off and running. It's great. Here's what you need to do. Go to the Barbecue Guru's website, thebbqguru.com. 
Check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. 800-288-GURU. Don't guess. Call and ask. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, we're going to wrap up with Doug here and then move to the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Just getting towards the top of the hour. And, of course, Doug Tratner joining me here on the show. All right, Doug, uh, we're going to chase you out of here. Uh, Quick summary thoughts as the professional you are. Ready to come back again at some point? Ready to just run away and pretend like this never happened? What do you think? Oh, I could do this every week, man. As long as you're pouring the bourbon, I'm coming. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on how good Max Good was from AmazingRibs.com. You know, he's quiet. Uh, I like that about him. <laughs> this guy a man of very few words, but man, when he talks, people listen. Yeah. He, no, just, I, I he just had an incredible... Here's the thing, like you were just talking about. You, you didn't know anything about this show for like six, seven years or whatever it is. And here's a guy on AmazingRibs.com. He just had an article written on casual living about him and what he does with the website. So, I mean, it's either going to happen or it's not, right? Isn't that redundant? Barbecue and casual living? I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> right? like that's what you do. This yeah. is your yearly redundancy story yeah. brought to you by John John. No, this is uh, this has been uh, really, really fun and, and incredible. All right. So uh, I am going to release Doug from the compound here. We will reload for the second hour. Doug, anything you want to promote or pimp before you head out? No, you know, it's funny that, like, all this talk about barbecue, and, and I told you, you know, one of the reasons I even I tracked you down and found you was because, obviously, you know, barbecue was happening in Cleveland finally. And uh, Mike and I, Mike Sam and I, are going to start another book very shortly here. It's going to be our fourth one together, his fifth one wow. overall. And believe it or not, uh, barbecue will be a, a part of that book. So I'm getting instant chats saying, is Doug going to be able to hook you up with Mike Simon finally because you don't have the pull to get him yourself? Yeah. Uh, I certainly don't have the pull either. No, but I am going to <laughs> tell him um, that this is... And I, and I said it when I met you, man. Why why hasn't Mike been on the show? No, he's... Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to, to, to make that connection happen. All right. So we will hold you to that. And then, uh, man, we'll hook it up again. Whenever you want to come in, you got an open invitation. Love to uh, sit down and just talk food and barbecue in general. Uh, We will head to the second hour. This is Doug Tratner. Thanks for coming in, buddy. And uh, we will be right back on the Barbecue Central Show. Stick around. We will be, as I just said, right back.
happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate 54 wieners. So listen, Lavernius, shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Oof. Yeah, I, I saw John's comment. Give me a beat. Hello, uh, everybody. This is Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary Vaynerchuk, host of Wine Library TV, aka WLTV, the number one wine show is this on the internet. And yeah. this is BBQ. Yeah, yeah, BBQ. Is this color better, John? You're the white, uh, the white balance guy. I don't know what happened. Two weeks ago, man, my color was impeccable. Now it's not good. Not only is it not good, it's not good. Yeah, why? What happened? What do I need to do? More white? Is this better? I'm in the damn whatchamacallit here, and oh, it's just... You get these high-definition cameras, and you expect them to be great, and in the end, yeah, not so great. That's what the problem is. Still hear the other microphone. You guys can't hear that, but I can hear everything that happens. So that was Doug Tratner, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. New York Times bestselling author lives here in Cleveland. Rarely can you use the terms New York Times bestseller and Cleveland in the same sentence. However, you can do it. In this particular case, I would love your feedback. By the way, what happened to Max Good? Gone. Really? That's the one? Oh, wait, I can fix that. Hold on. I was like, oh, it looked better just for a second, and then it stopped. I can't turn all the lights off. Is that better? I turned 50% of that light off. That doesn't look any better. Oh, God. It's just horrific to look at. See, that looks good. And then you see where it looks good, and then it goes away? God, it's so annoying. 
God, I hate this. I hate this part of the job. How about this? Does that look better? That's got to look better, right? Absolutely. Jeez, oh, Pete. I don't even know how to fix it. Whatever. All right, so uh, you give me your thoughts on Doug Tratner. Well, yeah, I don't have any hair on my head, right? But I think it's the the overall I mean, it's just a horrible color. I used to look really good. If you go back on YouTube two or three weeks ago, the color of this show was just balls. It was awesome. Uh, email. Hi, Greg. It's Dan from across the street. What? Just want to compliment you on your guest tonight. I hear him on WMJI Magic 106.5 all the time. He's very interesting. Dan, shout out to Dan, my across-the-street neighbor. In a terrible moment of my ego's too big, I don't remember telling Dan that I actually had an internet show at all. Dan, thank you for listening. That's awesome. If you see me in the street tomorrow, Dan, give me a shout-out, and I'll let you come down into the basement. You can pick out, like, you know, 10 or 15 bottles of barbecue sauce. I got, like, 50. That's fine. Yeah, that's right. Doug Tratner is, uh, does a weekly segment on a regular, on a, <laughs> on a real radio show. Uh, did you see what I'm talking about here? Uh, that Doug Tratner is uh, on the real radio. You sit there in your basement uh, and you're twiddling your thumbs with your internets. And here's the problem. You sit down on a real radio. If a tree falls down, the station doesn't go away. Two weeks ago, you were down and without anything to do. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, mister. You should be on the real radio yourself. Instead, Mr. Tratton is on there. What are you doing in the basement, son? Go to work. Go to work. That's my mom. Showing up huge. There go the earphones. God forbid I need those. All right. Uh, just, yeah, I know. That's the problem. I have my white balance on my camera set to auto match. Even more frustrating. Here's the idea. Let me do this. I'm going to go to the settings situation. Go to advanced. Go to white balance. Take it off auto. Ooh, oh, oh, that looked better. That's better, right? Is that better? Does that look better? I think that looks better. That looks balls. Look tan. You should use 5,000K color temperature lights. I don't even know what the hell that means, but I'm going to check it out. Blake, my mom can be a little tough. When the time is known, she can be... 
One thing I knew growing up, Lake, my mom was not going to sugarcoat anything. She was giving it to me both barrels. No doubt. That's why we used to call her the assassin. I'm telling you, I told Doug Tradner, man, I apologize in advance because it is going to be one hot mess down here in the studio. And he is leaving as it is probably approaching 750 degrees in the studio. Still to come on the show tonight, Shane Vitovic from Proper Pig will be joining me. And we'll be closing the show out with Tim Shear from Shake and Bake Barbecue. The Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour rolled into South Windsor, Connecticut this weekend. This was a local qualifier that feeds the North Charleston, South Carolina regional final. And the top six teams moving on to that regional final are in particular order... Grand champion, that's our cue, 685.6. Reserve grand champ, low and slow barbecue, 681.6. Number three, insane swine barbecue. Number four, El Jefe, which means the Jeff smoke. El Jefe smoke, 674.8. It might not also mean El Jefe, but... My buddy's name was Jeff, and his name was Jefe in Spanish, so El Jefe is the Jeff. Nevertheless, I digress. Number five, Feeding Friends, 673.6, and rounding out the top six, and the last spot, moving on to North Charleston, South Carolina Regional, Pork Butt Paradise with a 673. We always love to take a look at the discrepancies between one and two, four points almost exactly, so a pretty dominating performance from that's our cue. And then from one to six, a nice 12.6 or 12.5 point spread between that's our cue and pork butt paradise. The next Sam's Club stop is this coming weekend, 827 or August 27th for the people that don't know how to read calendars by number. That again will be in North Charleston, South Carolina, and good luck to all those competing Remember, in a regional final, 10 teams move on to the Bentonville-Arkansas actual finals. So, you have something to look forward to in that regard as well. Max Good emailing in saying he just has no idea what the hell is going on. I don't either. I have no idea what's happening. When the sound comes through that one particular pipe here, I'm good to go. The uh, easy way to find out if it's really on my end or it isn't is by getting to my next guest, Shane Vitovic, which we will be doing here in just a couple minutes. In the meantime, I'm going to talk to you about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself in recent years by winning an award-winning <laughs> by making an award-winning line of championship rubs. The rubs have won almost every major barbecue competition, period. BPS has also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue, begun to redefine the flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions, King of the Smoker, which brings the best of the best in a barbecue head-to-head, and a back-to-basics competition. 
King of the Smoker unique in the fact that contestants may not use any electric devices such as pellet cookers or pit minders. Contestants are just allowed to use charcoal, wood, and their wits to win one of the most high-stakes barbecue competitions around. The other competition known as the Guinea Pig, which is a cost-controlled competition that helps bring in newcomers to competitive barbecue. It also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category, which helps provide incentive to get new competitors into the world of barbecue. However, while we talk about new competitors getting into and rewarding them, the top teams in KCBS and any sanctioning body are trying to get in to the guinea pig. On top of all that, Big Papas has created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition, barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, Big Papas has been able to do all of this with only six years of being in the biz, turning competition barbecue on its head, creating unique competition or competitions, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. The website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. I think I'm a little too hot. I'm going to adjust. All right. Uh, we are back with Shane Vitovic. We keep it Cleveland-oriented. You don't like it? Suck it! Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Cooking Pellets. That's right, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. Either way, if you want, you tell me. Cookingpellets.com or Amazon. Who's heard of Amazon, by the way? This must be some upstart. All right, this segment of the show. Hold on a second. Uh, my first guest in the second hour, co-owner of a barbecue restaurant here on the west side of Cleveland. We talked about it at length here over the first hour. And did the unthinkable. They happened to open within a few hours, literally, of Mabel's Barbecue, Simon's Joint. Never missed a beat. Here to talk about the success they have had early on as they are out of the gates and rounding that first lap. Co-owner of the Proper Pig Smokehouse, Shane Vitovic. Joining me, Shane. What's up, buddy? How are you? I am doing all right. So, I mean, I have sound on you, so I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, I, I didn't know between uh, Max Good and uh, 
Doug being in studio. I have a, the wrong background up, but give me a second. It'll change here. I promise. All right. So uh, let's catch up. A very brief recap, if you could, Shane, of you know why you gay, why you guys came into Cleveland looking to a bring barbecue, but I guess specifically Texas style barbecue, and from a food truck to boot. Well, just from a, we were a couple of corporate guys. And we travel all around the country. Shane, hold on, hold on. I'm getting indiscriminate bits and pieces here. Let me call you right back and see if we got a better connection. Sure. All right, hold on. I mean, I have them, but I don't. Otherwise, it's got to be phone. I would call a phone. I would call a phone, Jimmy. Let's see. You there, Greg? Ooh, that sounds way better. Look at you. Yeah. You're the man. <laughs> Would you turn the video off? Yeah, I turned it, it didn't even come up. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, that's fine. So uh, you know, again, go ahead and give me, a, give me a little barbecue recap. money so we can uh, handle good, uh, <laughs> good production value over here. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. So uh, again, give me the, you know, the brief recap of, you know, going into, you know, barbecue food truck and then uh, style wise, Texas style barbecue. So yeah, we you know we we're a couple of corporate guys, uh, a couple of corporate schlubs, you know, running around the country, traveling for our job, and uh, we tried barbecue all different parts of the country. Um, and Texas kind of uh, stuck with us because we felt like it was it was simple. It concentrated a lot on how like the natural taste of the meat, the smoke, stuff like that. We loved a real aggressive rub because you go you went to eat at a lot of barbecue places around Cleveland. And it was just like like eating roast beef or whatever. There was no like seasoning to it, no taste, or they'd smother everything in barbecue sauce, and that's kind of that's not what we were looking for. You know, we figured there was something else out there. And you know, actually, we went, we ate at Aaron Franklin's place, and we were like, "Holy cow, this is what barbecue should taste like." It was like an epiphany at that point, you know. So. Now, so did you think that it could, so here's the, you know, you love it. You're down in Austin. Everybody loves it down there. Do you immediately think to yourself, this is something that's going to be able to assimilate back into Cleveland? No, actually, we didn't think about that at all when we actually decided (laughs) to even make the food truck. All we wanted to do is make a little bit extra money, take our families on vacation and stuff like that. So the real goal was never really to even open a restaurant or do anything like that. It kind of. We we figured we'd just work our regular jobs forever, and then we'd start a food truck, and hopefully it made a little extra money, and we could hang out, drink beers, um, stuff like that on the weekend, and it just kind of snowballed into what it is today, you know? Uh, and a wild success. I mean, everybody was talking about whether you were advertising on radio stations or not. You were always hearing about the proper pig food truck. You were showing up at all the right places. You're doing the Cleveland Flea every so often. I mean, it was an absolute marketing stroke of genius that you and ted do so at some point and by the way uh ted deposky is your uh, co-owner and 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 but i mean my partner in crime my oldest friend that's yeah. right and if you look over your pictures and all this stuff i mean you see a lot of people that you see in the restaurant today you probably have some type of relationship with by and large for probably a number of years correct yeah yes sir do you and ted have any kind of ongoing talk or discussion about all right Shane well you know once we do this to a certain degree we should probably look at a restaurant or did that conversation really never take place and if it never did 
Like, how does that even come up? That's a that's a huge leap. You know, it just it, it kind of it 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 was never a talk at the beginning. Uh, the food truck, even like I said, was just supposed to be for kind of like fun and some extra money. But as the food truck started to make more money, Ted was able to quit his regular job, and we were like, okay, this could be people like the food. This could be something that like you know we could pay the bills with. Um, so after a full a full full time year at the food truck, we were like, wow, we we had a surplus of money at the end of the year, and we and we saw that we weren't. Uh, capitalizing on a lot of the catering we could and a lot of really a lot of jobs that we couldn't could do and we weren't even advertising that much because i was still working full time and it took it was just it was hard to do everything and then then finally we were like you know we have a little extra cash we might as well reinvest it in the business and uh we opened this restaurant we were hoping just to like break even and then make some money off catering in the truck and it became like a phenomenon. You know, we opened the first day and the lines all the way around the corner. Um, we never really expected to be anywhere near anywhere near where we're at now. And it's just, you know, everything's happened kind of organically, which is, you know, I think that's the best way for it, for it to happen. You know, we didn't want to try to force stuff down people's throat. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it's, it's, uh, we try not to think about it too much because uh, we hope that it doesn't end anytime soon. <laughs> when you are seeing the success with the food truck, you decide that you're going to go ahead and make the leap to brick and mortar restaurant. How do you go about choosing that location? I mean, you end up in Lakewood, but were there any other spots that you were considering? Yeah, we actually, we actually had another spot uh, in a suburb, uh, Fairview Park, and the deal fell through at the last minute, and we were, you know, a little devastated. Um, but then uh, we found this place in Lakewood, and now we couldn't even imagine going back to the other spot. Like uh, it just it, it would have been a it probably would have been a disaster if we picked that spot instead of the place we're at now. So you know everything happens for a reason. It's uh, it's why we try not to force things. We kind of let it come to us and just try to make smart decisions. I guess you know it's uh, you know the. A smart decision is probably not opening a barbecue restaurant and quitting your well-paying corporate <laughs> jobs, but uh, it's it's been a it's been a ride and it's been successful so far, and we love it. We couldn't imagine we couldn't imagine going back to how it was before. Shane Vidovic joining me here on the show, co-owner of the Proper Pig Smokehouse. So, talk to me about that, Shane. You know, how do you guys decide that? Because I'm assuming a lot of you guys had normal full-time jobs in whatever field that you're in how do you go yeah. about deciding who's leaving whose job first and how you all end up leaving i mean you're the i think the last one to cave if i'm not mistaken and you uh, yeah, are now yeah. in full-time so how does that um, whole thing work out you know it, it was kind of a deal where ted wasn't really super happy with his job and i was pretty happy with my job i wasn't like it wasn't like get me out of here type deal but for ted he was he was ready to move on yeah and uh, so we said, hey, we're making enough money. You take the first leap. And then we didn't have to – I never collected a paycheck until recent, or until I went full time. So we were able to take my part and reinvest it into the business. And that's how we were able to, you know, get this restaurant with little to no debt. Um, and that's, you know, you watch Bar Rescue or you watch any of these other reality restaurant shows and these people – sacrifice their entire like life saving savings for it and we didn't want to do that that's not how we wanted to go in we wanted to go in smart and in a good financial position so that we didn't have to like uh 
you don't have to worry as much. He could take a little bit more chances. You know what I mean? So for him, I think it was easy. Um, the hard part, and then when I decided to make the decision, every decision we've kind of made on the businesses, we look at the numbers. You know, we come from a corporate background. The numbers normally don't lie. Yeah. If we think we can, if we look and see that we could sustain it, then we can make, you know, we presented it to our wives, of course, who are the bosses anyway. So, <laughs> and, you know, I laid out a good case and, and uh, she was like, you know what? It would, if you don't go for it, it just doesn't make sense, you know? Really? You know, we're we're we have skills in other positions, so we figured if it doesn't work out, we'll just go find other jobs. I guess it's you know what it is like. Uh, it's a gamble, but hey, in you re- know. In regards, we're to not lo- uh, we're not uh, opposed to that. You know, Shane. In regards to location, and you said you love the place where you're at right now in Lakewood and Fairview Park might have been a disaster, but aside from the rent, which would probably be astronomical. If you could, would you go right next to Mabel's Barbecue on East Fourth Street if given that opportunity? No, I don't know that we're. I don't know that we're like if that's our thing. You know, what I mean, like, uh, I don't know that. Would that be too much I mean, saturation it, of barbecue? It, it would be great to serve, be able to serve eight hundred people a day or whatever. But you know, we're fine with we're fine with serving what we serve. It's uh, you know, we'd love to do a little bit more, but. It's uh, I don't know. I don't. I just don't think that that's what we what we would want to do. I, I like. We like to have a small footprint. We like to where we could talk to people and get around and see everybody. And it's, you know, it's a business. Don't get me wrong, but we like to be able to put our personal touch on it. We like the simplicity that we kind of have in our place. I had uh, Doug Tratner in uh, from Scene, and uh, you know, obviously the best selling uh, New York Times best selling author with Michael Simon. Uh, so he's obviously. You know, got some type of a, a personal interest in seeing the success of Mabel's, but uh, definitely seems to be unbiased when it comes to barbecue in Cleveland. Has nothing but great things to say about Proper Pig as well. Do you? I mean, do you feel any type of competitive juices with uh, Simon's Restaurant? I mean, you guys opened literally within days of each other, and I think a lot of people thought that was going to hurt you guys opening a restaurant a barbecue restaurant, no less, right after Michael Simon did. And, you know, he's bringing in all these big names and all you have is, you know, me using social media to help you guys out, which was probably huge. Um, you know, what was that time frame like for you guys? Were you shitting in your pants a little bit or were you just like, hey, let's bring it on and our stuff oh, is good? Oh, we shit in our pants every day because we, we're still trying. <laughs> we still know how we did it. Um, but no, I mean, come on, that's Michael Simon. He's a... He's good for the city. He's he's a great guy. I mean, we've been to Mabel's a couple times, and they treat us very nice over there. Um, it's you know, that's what that's one of the things that drew us to the Texas barbecue lifestyle. Is we were in Austin, we ate at ten places in three different days, and you know, Aaron Franklin tells us to go try this barbecue place. Uh, Wayne Mueller goes and tells us to go to this barbecue place. You know, we're not. We're competitive. We want to always do the best we can, and we want to be the best. But also, but we don't want to be the best at all costs, kind of. And the more barbecue becomes relevant in a city, the education gets higher, and people will understand what's good and what's bad, and and they'll come to our place because they don't want to go to another place that isn't as good. And you know, not everybody could get into Michael Simon's place, and it's 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 not really a competition at all. It's more of a 
you know, did we ever think, oh, man, wow, we opened the same week as Michael Simon? Maybe for a second, but at the end of the day, <laughs> you're not stopping that. So we, we try not to dwell on the, you know, we try not to dwell on stuff that we can't control. So we just kind of sucked it up, and we did the best that we could good, and we smoked, you know, as, as well as we could, and we and we did our recipes, and we hope that people like it. That's that's all we try to do. You guys are running the Fast Eddie pellet cookers in the restaurant right now, and you're yes, serving, sir. I don't know, what is it, 300, 350 pounds a day? I mean, you're selling out all the time. Yeah. Adding the smoker, and I think this is important for folks that are looking to get into opening up a, a barbecue restaurant. It's not just as easy as throwing all this extra shit in the back of the kitchen that you want. There's codes, there's issues, depending on whatever city you're in, and you're kind of experiencing that right now. I mean, it seems easy enough just to buy another cooker, double capacity, and help everybody out in positive ways, but sometimes the city wants to be a little bit difficult in helping you do that, right? Well, you know, like uh, in our location, for example, there's uh, apartments above us, so you know, they have to look out for the safety and that's what we care about too is we don't want to put anything in there. It could be a danger to anybody or go against code or anything like that. Um, that's why we, that's what drew us to the, the cook shack, cook shack, uh, fast Eddie smokers is they're super safe. Like, uh, you know, we had to, that's what we put in the truck originally and we didn't want a like a huge bomb parked in our driveways or wherever we were cooking. And, uh, catching on fire and then blowing up so it's something that we learned um yeah it's not it's not always easy i mean uh to add this second smoker that you know we to add a bigger hood costs another ten thousand bucks or so so it's not cheap but it is what it is i mean people get a little upset at us when we sell out it's not austin where you expect the barbecue places to sell out uh Around here, they're used to barbecue places that are you, you might be using three-day-old ribs or whatever, you know? So it took a little bit of a time to educate our customers. And, you know, we need to have another smoker to keep it going. You know, we want we don't like when we sell out. It uh, actually makes us cry a little bit on the inside, <laughs> not only because people get a little angry and, you know, we're losing out on money too. So, I mean, um, what's, what's the struggle like when you guys, I mean, you know, I, I guess you could see it for the first couple of days. It's new. It's sexy. Everybody wants to be there and say they had it. But, you know, I mean, we're months and months removed away from where you guys started. And, you know, just this past weekend, you're posting pictures of the Michael, Sel- uh, Michael Phelps pissed off face saying, hey, we're sold out again. Um, how do you try and rectify that but not put your guys, not put yourself in a position where it could negatively impact the business? Um, You know... We can only do what we could do, I guess. You know, we're adding a second smoker. That's about all the capacity we could put into this restaurant. Um, we'll never be people that are reheating meat from like two days ago. Like we would rather people get pissed off and and sell out than compromise what the product that we're putting out. This is not it's not what we believe in. So if it comes to that point, well, I guess that's just how it is. I mean. You know, Aaron Franklin sells out every day. He seems to probably sleep well at night, you know. <laughs> Do we like it? No. But, you know, people are paying us money. We don't want to give them crap on a plate. You know what I mean? That's just the way That's the way it is. And I think as, you know, l- let me, give, let me like, tell you this. The restaurant phone is my cell phone. So everybody that calls into the restaurant is calling my personal cell phone. So 
I answer the call, so I have to tell them, you know, we're out, we're running low, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think it would be easy to hide behind a voicemail or an answering machine or something like that. But I think that I want to talk to the customer and I want to tell them, like, hey, we're getting low, don't come up. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. I don't want them to be disappointed when they come in. I want them to be excited. But I also don't want them to say, oh, you're out of brisket. We don't want to come in because they could try our turkey, which is probably our best thing that we cook. And, you know, I, I hope to get them in there and, and try something new. Shane Vidovic joining me here on the show. Uh, Shane, one last question here before I let you go, and I appreciate the time. Uh, when I was talking with Doug, we had the conversation of, is there a Cleveland style of barbecue? And I think Mike Simon tried to make a case for that. Uh Doug seemed to think that you you can have that argument. You can say there is a Cleveland style barbecue. What do you think? I don't think you can actually. I think I think there is a maturity that needs to take place. There is a staying power that needs to take place. Whether you're bringing an Austin style up here or not, I do tend to believe a little bit more of what Daniel Vaughn had to say about that than what Doug had to say a little bit earlier here in the studio. You know, I I think like the stadium the stadium mustard sauce that Michael Simon's using. I happen to like it. I've grown up on stadium mustard, sure, my whole life. But you know, as our as we as we learn as we kind of uh, get more experience in this, I think it's going to evolve to our own style, kind of. But you know, at least Ted and I ourselves, we're not going to try to force anything. Um, I think. Just like in our business in general, things need to come organically. You know, we find in our lives that if you push stuff, maybe it's you're doing things too early or you're doing things too late. We just want things to come organically to us. So, you know, I don't think that somebody set out in Austin and said, I'm going to throw a bunch of salt and pepper on this meat and this is going to be Texas barbecue. I think that that probably happened over, you know, 50 years, 100 years, you know, and I don't know that there's a, a Cleveland-style barbecue right now, but it doesn't mean that when I'm old and gray that we're not going to be having a talk and say, hey, when you come to Cleveland, you're getting mustard sauce. Because I think that's a cool idea. Or maybe it's smoked corned beef or something else. I mean, Cleveland has a lot of the same Im- immigrant history as like in Austin or somebody like that where yep. we have a lot of Europeans that immigrated here. So it's very similar in the sausages and stuff like that. But as far as barbecue goes, from what we're learning in our businesses, people are all over the map. You know, some people think that ribs should be fall off the bone covered in in sauce, and other people think that, you know, they're used to more brisket uh, being made more like uh, a traditional Jewish type thing where it's, you know, very thinly sliced, stuff like that. So... We're, we're finding that maybe there isn't – there's so much opinion on barbecue up in Cleveland for it not being a real traditional barbecue city. <laughs> and that's the worst. Like everybody's got an opinion on something they're not experts about. Well, yeah, and, and you know, it's it's impossible. <laughs> when we just hope that we could satisfy more people than that are upset with what we're doing. You know, we try to do the best we can, and, and uh, you know, that's all we can do. Unsolicited menu item from John Dawson of Patio Daddio Barbecue. Here you go. You can thank me later. Pulled pork pierogies. Oh, that actually sounds awesome. You know, we we know a a woman that we work with at the flea called the pierogi lady, and uh, she makes awesome pierogies. So we may have to do a 
pulled pork pierogi, or maybe we need yeah. to throw like a uh, a brisket pierogi in there with some onions and yeah. pickles or something like no that. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll hey, be like a, a weekend pop. I can't pop. get off the phone without giving a shout out to my man Tim down in uh, Taylor who does our sausage for us. Like uh, ah, that's one thing yes. that makes us pretty unique in uh, Cleveland is that we do import all of our sausage from Austin and uh, Tim's doing an awesome job down there. We got the jalapeno cheddar and the uh, hot links and uh, I know he's been on the show before. Yep. He told me to tell you he told me to tell you that you called him Mike the whole time when you talked to him. He I know oh my God it's I, well <laughs> now hold on a sec. In all fairness, I think maybe once, maybe twice. I mean, Tim McCaskey's show friend, no doubt about it. But yeah. I, ca- I cannot, I can't say that I didn't call him Mike. But Jesus Christ, I mean, you look at his name and Mike just jumps out. I have no idea why it is. He even owned up to it. He said it happens all the time. But Yeah, I guarantee that it does. Yeah. But, I mean, Tim McCaskey is one of the sausage-making legends of ever. And from a sausage-making family legend uh, forever, for real. Yeah, for I mean, for real. Yeah, they're they're about as old as you could get in the barbecue business. Like, uh, especially in a historic city where, like, you know, like where Louis Mueller is and everything down there and Taylor. Like, uh, it's a... He's... A, He's a good partner to have in the barbecue game, and we're hoping to get down there next year to go check out his operation and everything. So maybe we could do a Barbecue Central show from uh, Central Texas. What do you think? I'm down if you're down. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to start doing some barbecue classes over at the shop, too. So we're hoping that maybe we'll get you over there and you can give a little review of us. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're talking with Shane Vitovic. He is the co-owner of the Proper Pig Smokehouse, Lakewood, Ohio. Shane, always appreciate the time, continued success, and maybe you'll see me sooner than later for some barbecue. Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for having us on. You got it. There he is. Shane Vitovic, again, the Proper Pig. If you're here in Cleveland, go to Mabel's, go to the Proper Pig, or go to the proper pig, and then go to Mabel's. You're going to love either. I'm a little partial to the proper pig just because I'm a little more tied into the ownership group. I stopped in there last Friday or Thursday or whatever it was. I'm talking to Shane's co-owner, Ted, catching up, talking about sausage and barbecue sauce and all this other stuff. He's like, hey, you want me to make you a tray to take home? I'm like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly. He's like, you sure? I was like, hell yeah. So good. The brisket is just freaking awesome. And the turkey is ridiculous. I believe it. The turkey is their number one seller. It's so good. You won't believe it. Let me talk to you quickly, folks, about the pit barrel cooker. That's right, gang. If you are like me, sometimes pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking. You got temperature control. You got fire management. What woods to use. Who needs the hassle? How about this? I strongly suggest buying a pit barrel cooker. That's right. The Pit Barrel Cooker makes cooking simple and fun, and it just might be the most unique, versatile, and easy-to-use cooker available on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that turns out the great traditional barbecue meats like brisket, pork shoulder, and ribs, while also being able to ramp up in temperature to do those burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. The versatility, all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook-and-hang method places the food in the center of the heat. So it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. The result, great tasting, perfectly cooked meat each and every time. We call that consistency where I come from, pal. Not only is the Pit Barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's an aesthetically sexy devil as well. Built to withstand heat, it's a 
Its new porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel is able to withstand any type of weather. Extremely portable. Fits in the back of most SUVs, trucks, and vans. It's ready to go wherever you are. Of course, all barbecue folks love accessories, right? That's right. The pit barrel cooker doesn't disappoint here either. From unique rubs and the removable ash pan to the pit grips, the turkey hangers, the hinge grill grates, a full line of accessories to really complete your pit barrel experience. The best part, $299. That's right. Sub 300. The pit barrel comes fully assembled, ready to cook, and ships free to your door. Don't take my word for it. The folks at AmazingRibs.com have given the Pit Barrel Cooker a top 10 rating in their gold division. That's the highest rating, by the way. Not once, not twice, but three years in a row. They've also said, quote, we're running out of good things to say about this simple, affordable smoker. There's nothing else like it on the market, period. Close quote. Head on over to PitBarrelCooker.com and see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full line of short how-to videos shot in high definition. Then pick up one or two or ten for yourself. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, contact them through their website. You can also call 502-228-1222, and they will talk to you. That's right. Pit Barrel Cooker, folks. PitBarrelCooker.com. We're back with Tim Shear right after this. Stick around. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by the Unknown Smoker Accessories. Right, purveyors of made in the USA stainless steel barbecue and smoker lid hinges, barbecue accessory hangers, rocket hot chimney grillers, and heavy duty aluminum foil dispensers. The fine products from unknown smoker accessories keep your gear where it needs to be at arm's length and ready for battle. Visit unknownbbq.com slash shop today. Use discount code REMPE, R-E-M-P-E for 10% off your order. That's Rempe, R-E-M-P-E, or 10% off your order. UnknownBBQ.com slash shop. All right, helping me close the show tonight, the current KCBS Team of the Year in Ribs, also the maker of the Gateway Drum Smoker, a cooker that continues to gain more and more popularity on all levels of this industry. All stuff we'll get into here in just a little bit. But we race over to the hotline and welcome in the pitmaster of Shake and Bake Barbecue. The tallest man and arguably the most handsome man from what I understand. Tim Shear from Shake and Bake. Tim, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. Tim, appreciate you making time for the show tonight. And uh, a couple different places that I want to uh, start here. So let me be the guy that asks this. You know, if it's one thing I love on the show, it's showing my ass. So here I go. Certainly anyone who starts to get into the majesty that is barbecue, either on the competition side or in the backyard side, inevitably runs into the juggernaut that is Blue's Hog, created by Bill Arnold, obviously, maybe one of the best human beings ever on the face of the earth, and, you know, very public with the health battles and all that good stuff. Is the sale of the company born out of those struggles or you know how was that conversation even broached i mean it's, it's got to be potentially tough i guess 
Yeah, I mean, it was uh, kind of a tricky deal, I guess. Came, you know, Bill and I had been friends for, you know, I don't know, the last five or ten years, I guess, at least. But, um, you know, he honestly, he came to me kind of out of the blue and and uh, kind of had hinted around about wanting to do something different with this company and everything and, and knew his health problems, were, you know, were getting probably worse. Um, so he came to Terry and I and, and um, you know, asked us to, to take over the company for him, basically. So, um, you know, and to me that was probably the biggest honor I've ever had brought, you know, brought to me, um, you know, and then just looked at it as a great opportunity. Um, it was nothing I had planned on doing. I really went after myself. It's just something that came, and and we accepted the, you know, the opportunity. And, and um, y- you know, we've just been doing our best right now to, to continue on Bill's legacy and, and you know, with the sauce and try to carry Blue's Hog to, to um, you know, to be the best that it can possibly be. You have Gateway Drum Smoker kind of fostering, growing, really seeing a large amount of success here, especially over the last handful of years. And then, you know, you're presented to join uh, a huge brand, especially in the competition scene like Blues Hog. Is there ever worry between, you know, you and the and your wife about, you know, can we devote enough time to both to continue to grow and move them ahead? Or, you know, how what is that conversation like between you guys? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I got to be honest with you, Greg, it wasn't the best timing. Um, you know, I was <laughs> on a landscaping company and we had just developed these drum smokers and um, just had a ton of stuff going already, you know, and the competition barbecue, we were hitting that pretty hard already. But, but, um, but, you know, it was one of the things that is such a great opportunity for us. We couldn't say no to it. Um, and yeah, we've had to rearrange our lives and, and what we do and, and where we spend our time and, and stuff like that. And we'll probably have to do that even more um, in the near future, as far as you know, next season and stuff like that too. But, um, but yeah, we, you know, it's definitely uh, one of the things we've had to juggle. Um, you know, it's been so far so good. I guess I would say. I mean, I feel like uh, we've been making positive strides with the brand. Um, you know, things are going pretty well with it so far. So hopefully, we can just uh, continue doing what we do and. And um, like I said, just you know, carry the Blues Hog brand and, and Bill's legacy, and and just continue that on, and and make it, you know, even more more than it is now, and and carry carry his, uh, you know, his passion and and his uh, love for barbecue and and what he did, and and just try to, you know, spread the spread the Blues Hog love. Basically, is is where we're at right now. Is, is this going to require a physical move for you guys at all? Or are you going to be able to? kind of ingest everything and, and still work out a home base where you're at right now yeah we i mean we, we had just built a new facility for our landscaping company and our barbecue store and everything so we, we're pretty much okay on that um running out of room quickly i will say um you know we've partnered with our with our co-packer here which is you know just about 45 minutes from our um you know home base basically so that's worked really well um we made that move i guess last summer and you know they have just been awesome. Um, they've, you know, everything top notch. Um, great, great people up there, and, and great quality is what they is what they've been cranking out for us. And and they've just been a really good partner to work with, and and that's made it a lot easier, you know, for us taking on this this big of a deal. Um, you know, without them, I'm, I'm sure we couldn't have, you know, done what we've done so far. 
Tim Shear joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Shake and Bake Barbecue, also uh, gatewaydrumsmokers.com and blueshog.com if you want to check it out here while we're talking. You know, Tim, barbecue seems to have a shelf life to a certain degree, or at least it did. You know, Blues Hog comes on the scene and, quite frankly, hasn't even stuck a pinky toe out the door yet as far as what people like to use. How do you explain the success and the staying power of this product, seeing everything that has kind of come and gone here over the last 15 years or so? I mean, it really is. It's mind-boggling, really. I mean, if you... You know, you see new sauces come, and you see them kind of go away for a while, and something's hot for a while, whatever. I mean, um, you know, as, as much as I am involved with competition barbecue, you know, believe me, I try to stay up on that kind of stuff. And, you know, we're trying to win, you know, and even before we took on Blue's Hog, you know, we used it, and and things would come and go also. But, you know, the the one thing that seems to be consistent is the flavor and the profile, um, you know, the texture, everything of Blue's Hog is just it screams competition barbecue. I mean, there's no, there's no other sauce that I found that, that carries all those characteristics and, and just continues to be, you know, the number one sauce as far as, you know, award-winning sauce. I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible really. And, and all that credit goes to Bill Arnold. I mean, where and how he came up with that recipe, I don't know. Um, but hats off to him for, for, um, for nailing that. Tim, how much uh, are you consulting with Bill still, and, and how much of a voice does he have in, in where the company is right now? Yeah, I mean, I talk to Bill several times a week as, as much as we can. Um, you know, he's gone through some pretty heavy, um, you know, um, you know, with his brain surgery and his and his um, you know his radiation and stuff that he just finished up. It's been it's been a lot for him, and I'm just trying to support him and keep him focused on that i mean i don't want to headache him with it's too much of what's going on with the company i mean um he's dying to help and get back in and i and i i can't wait till he's um you know physically capable to do that because you know there's like you said you know in your introduction there i mean he's one of the greatest guys in barbecue and stuff you know that's ever that's ever been and um you know he's so fun to be around he's just a blast to, to be with and and just being the face of Blues Hog, he just he did an awesome job for for especially with what he had to work with. All right, let me ask the dickhead question here, Tim, and I'm sure you've expected this because you would expect no less from me. Mm-hmm. Would you dump if Kraft or Clorox or maybe even like a Sweet Baby Ray's, you know, came and said, "Hey, Tim, let's have a discussion. I have this empty check. You know, how many zeros does it take for us to, you know?" bring blues hog over here and it maybe we would don't rebrand it maybe we kind of keep it the same but you know we want to buy it from you is that a a conversation that you have at all or is there no way you could have that conversation how does that work i mean honestly it's not on my mind right now i mean i would you know my my goal is to do everything that's right for blues hog and and you know keep the high quality ingredients and keep the every characteristic that bill worked for to develop and and maintain that's that's where i'm at right now you know i mean um you know we, we brought the production back to missouri and and devoted tons of time bill and i both you know trying to trying to make sure that that everything was the way he did it in his kitchen you know and i've been in his kitchen to, you know making sauce with him and stuff and that's that's the way we're doing it right now and 
and that's our goal is just to maintain the quality and, and do everything we can do to um, make sure Blues Hall continues in the right direction. Um, you know, Greg, I don't even think about that. I just want to take care of my business and let, and let things work themselves out in the future. Talk to me about the new flavor that I'm seeing, the Blues Hog Champions Blend barbecue sauce. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about what's going on with this Champions Blend. I mean, it's something we've been working on um, for probably about a year at least now. Um, you know, and the idea was to make something that's a little more well-balanced that you could use on just about everything, um, whether it be in a competition or be in your backyard or um you know, something you can open a bottle and, and roll with. I mean, um, you know, you know the, the whole trick in, in competition world is everybody's mixing this with that or whatever. I mean, we just wanted one jar that you could open up and, and um, be ready to use right out of, right out of the uh, bottle. And to me, it's just a more, it's a well-balanced sauce. It's, it's, I think we kind of took the, the good, you know, the, all the good things from a couple of the other blue sauce, uh, sauces and just hit the high spots and, and kind of balance those out and, and uh, created a sauce that we could use right out of the jar. I mean, I've been running on pork all year uh, for a little over, um, you know, since late last fall probably, but it's been working phenomenal. It's a great pork sauce. Uh, we've used it on ribs. It's just been, you know, I've even used it on brisket. So I'm really happy with, with the flavor of it, and, um, you know, I think we're getting pretty good reviews with it so far. It's just um, it's one of the sauces we want to move forward with as, as far as, you know, on a larger scale and, and even in a grocery market. It's, like I said, it's something people can use at home or, or in a competition. And that's what you're using, just open up the bottle and use it on your pork and your ribs? I sure am, yeah. Um, pork especially, it's just been, it's it's just awesome on pork. It's, you know, like I said, it's it's got this little bit of sweet, a little bit of the smoke, and a little bit of the, the vinegar uh, tang at the end, and that's you know, but it's not overpowering, so I think the pork still shines through, and that's one of the things that, you know, make a great sauce. All right, so I've given you two opportunities to do it. You're obviously too humble to say. Tim's using this sauce on his pork. By the way, if you're into the numbers, uh, currently Tim, number one in pork, KCBS. Suck that. How about ninth in ribs overall? Okay. So, I mean, proof is in the pudding, right? I mean, uh, you go to these competitions, people eat it. They're obviously liking it. That's the way I look at it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't need um, to say know, anything more I mean, than that. Why Why the half gallon instead of, like, uh, normal bottles or, or bigger stuff? Uh, we've, we've kind of moved everything in the Blue Sog line from the, the big glass quart jars over to the half gallon. Uh, we've done that just lately. Um, just easier to ship, easier to carry around. It's just, you know, a little more user-friendly, basically. Uh, we still run the, the glass jars and the pints. I love that look for that. Um, it's the classic uh, way that Bill always did that and everything. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, in those bigger jars, those they didn't ship well, and they honestly weren't, weren't as easy to use. So um, we went through the half gallons, and then we've always had gallons as well. Uh, currently, Tim, your fifth overall KCBS Team of the Year for the points race. Uh, any thoughts about trying to bump up to number one, or could you give a shit? Yeah, no, not really right now. I mean, um, I'll do what I can to try to, you know, chase a category or whatever if, if it comes down to that. Um, you know, we've got a few contests here that are going to be for points, but we've got a lot of other things going on as well this, this fall. I'm um, really looking forward to our fall schedule, actually. We've, we're actually heading up to uh, 
Washington Island, Wisconsin this weekend. That's going to be a fun contest. You get to take a ferry over to the to the competition, over to the island for the competition with your rig and everything. So that's going to be fun. Uh, we've got the Sam's Club competitions coming up uh, in September. Um, we've got the uh, Jack Daniels, which is the first year that we've ever qualified for that. So I'm really looking forward to knocking that off the bucket list, and then obviously the American Royal and everything. So um, you know it's. It's going to be a fun um, wrap up to the season. I don't see myself getting in a crazy uh, <laughs> uh, points chasing uh, fiasco this fall, though. Uh, Tim, my favorite blues hog, believe it or not, is the red sauce. Yeah. Oh my god, so good! Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I actually like to do. You know, if I'm feeling really crazy, I'll go 50-50 original blues hog and then the red. I mean, that is a spectacular sauce. At least for me, it is. Yeah, I think so. And that's that's probably been, you know, competition barbecue 101 for the longest time. I mean, it's it's hard to beat that combo for sure. Uh, Tim Shear is the pit master for Shake and Bake Barbecue. Uh, the Gateway Drum Smokers are running rampant all over the marketplace right now. You can pick one up at gatewaydrumsmokers.com. And then, obviously, a company, that smoker, with some great sauce, blueshog.com. Tim, continued success, man. Thanks for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, Greg. Appreciate you. You got it. There he is, Tim Shear. Shake it, back. All right. Is there any way I'm going to make this read? Of course I'm going to make it. Because I'm going to talk to you about Butcher Barbecue. That's right. Butcher Barbecue, the easiest way to step up that barbecue and grilling game. First of all, if you haven't been to Dave's new website, like in the last year or whatever, get on over there, butcherbbq.com. We all know Butcher is well-known for the injections, the pork, the beef, now the prime injection, bird boosters, the uh, open pit flavor for pork. It's all great stuff. The beef injection uses the award-winning flavor enhancers and its ability to keep your brisket juicy. Combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor. This is the prime injection. Available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Perhaps you're on the lookout for go-to rubs or sauces. You've hit the mother load here, folks. Butcher's Barbecue has a full line of award-winning rubs. The steak and brisket rub. The honey, the honey love, which I love. The pecan, the cherry, the triple secret private masters blend, the pecan. Come on. You know you're going to love one of those. Maybe both. All of them, potentially. Then you have the sauce. The sweet barbecue sauce. I love it. Nobody's a bigger discerning bitch on barbecue sauce than me. I love the sweet barbecue sauce. I do. Then... And only then are you allowed to go over to the grilling oils and buy all of them. If you're asking which one my favorite, butter. You can use it everywhere. I use it to butter pasta. I use it to lay over steaks as they are coming off the grill to calm the meat down. On hamburgers, anything that requires butter, you can use the grilling oils on. Also comes in steakhouse and chipotle flavor. And no refrigeration, shelf stable. What more do you want? Freaking great. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. All right, we're back to wrap the show. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. And we got to do this like quick, fast, and in a hurry. All the way back in the first hour, in studio guest Doug Tratner. Douglas. Douglas. DouglasTratner.com, his website. Great in studio. When do I ever have in studio guests? I think uh, I think Patrick Paquette was the last in studio guest that I had in this house. Uh, we attempted Max Good. No. In the second hour, the co-owner of Proper Pig Barbecue in Lakewood, Ohio, Shane Vitovic, killed it. Doubling smoker capacity, hoping to not run out until like, you know, 8 o'clock at night instead of 6. Dinner, pal. Oh, Shane, when are you opening for lunch? That's the question I needed to ask you. Damn it. Business lunches at Proper Pig. Also... Tim Shear, Gateway Drum Smokers, and Blues Hog. Thank you. GatewayDrumSmoker.com, BluesHog.com. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday. The show is jam-packed. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.